recording. Well, Mike Hobart, thank you for joining us. Um, we trying to get something scheduled too for a while, but um, yeah, man, glad you could show up. I appreciate and, the interest in just wanting to have a conversation with me. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's always good. And you got, you have done some things in the mining space and you write a lot. Um, so yeah. want to hear about some of that stuff too, but also just kind of your backstory and you guys both being military folks Yeah, can uh, give us some insight on what the Bitcoin feel is within kind of the services. Is there a big contingency of Bitcoiners in there? Um, because I feel like it would. It, if they uh, understood it more, they would be in my in my circles. I don't think any of them have paid attention to it whatsoever. Really, the yeah. I would say that the interest, particularly within the veteran community, mm. is spreading and growing pretty rapidly. I think so too. Um, and I think a lot of that is also going to be because of events and decisions that have been made in the last three years, mm -hmm. in particular, mm -hmm. um, with regards to just like military operations uh policy decisions the military trying to figure out why they can't meet recruiting quotas i wonder why mm -hmm. you know there's yeah. just been a lot of like not smart decision making going on within military leadership and they just ref like in jake knows this like the military and speaking specifically my experience with the army is not exactly an environment that is conducive to out of the box thinking and creative thought mm -hmm. with regards to just like no. If anything, it's you're you're punished for it and it's yeah. suppressed. That's yeah. a, that's you're you're contained. My, num my number one reason for leaving. I mean, outside of like we get paid shit and I don't really want to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, like yeah, like why are we doing things the way that we're doing it? This fucking sucks. It doesn't work. It's inefficient. It's like shut the fuck up. Yeah. You and know? then they they they're 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 gonna put you somewhere and then they're just gonna bury you. It's it's yeah. just like within the corporate world. It's right. fault, if you have a yeah. good idea, you get bought out by somebody. They're just gonna shelve yeah. you and keep you there, and you're gonna collect dust. Yeah. All they want is good soldiers who fall in line. Yeah. And the. The funny thing is that, uh, maybe it's not funny, but they like to make it out like they are that mm -hmm. way, right? Particularly with their recruiters. Like every single veteran you will ever speak to for all of time will despise recruiters because they, they'll pull out every lie in the book to get you to sign on the dot. Mm -hmm. And then you get in there and you're like, this isn't a place to grow if you're somebody who's willing to challenge just mm -hmm. like traditional ways of doing things. And I don't know about you, Jake, but like the drill and ceremony stuff and particularly the focus on respect the title and or respect the rank and not the man. I'm like, hmm, I, I can't. Is like that, if, is if, if like you hold a, a high yeah. rank and you're an I'm idiot. not a military guy. Like I, I actually wanted to go into the JAG really badly and I did get accepted into like I almost went straight out of high school, didn't do that. Um, and then I got accepted into OCS for the Navy back in like 08, 09, something like that, um, before I went to law school. And then during law school, I was wanting to go to the JAG. Um, my ex-wife was not keen on any of that idea, so I ended up not doing it. But, uh, but yeah, so I don't know like enough about it I I am curious though because I felt like it would be something like Bitcoin in particular would be something that uh they would kind of resonate with a lot of troops or veterans in particular. But your experience is dictated based on I mean, there's two totally different experiences. If you go to college and you go in as an officer, it's a much different experience. I mean, you still deal with some of the same bullshit that we're talking about. Like that doesn't necessarily go mm -hmm. away, but it's still different. The enlisted side is. Just, fall in line yeah it's just yeah and it's i don't know whatever really sat right with me was like even the guys who were and you see this play out i give so many different stories like the 25 year master gunnery sergeant he's the highest rank on the enlisted side mm -hmm. but he's still outranked by the the two-week oh yeah, yeah butter bar yeah exactly. How, what kind of what kind of relationship does that create animosity really typically yeah. yeah 
and there and it's it's i mean is there the stereotypical the, 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 like by all means like when i'm like i know you're the same way like there's still a lot of my guys that i love like the unit mm. that i came from was awesome it's just like guys like the structure of the organization yeah. that we're within is not conducive to my health and success right. so i can't be right you're not trying to yeah talk negatively about yeah. individuals like i'm still i'm still right. i'm still yeah. in contact with my former uh commanding officer right. like we still chat about a lot of like a uh, couple months ago i had like a three-hour conversation with him until like two in the morning talking mm -hmm. about like all sorts of just crap that's going on in america that's right. just not right um but the animosity that like we're talking like we're talking about with regards to like the the example with the master gunnery sergeant and the two-week butter bar the good butter bars are going to understand that while you may outrank him he's going to know more than you so you should probably shut your mouth mm -hmm. and just listen use him as a mentor yeah. yeah right and if you come in yeah um but also like you know a master guns who's been in for 25 years also knows where you play in this space and kind of mm, what yeah. i mean you're given a little bit of grace if you're it's a good like lesson senior, in just but... like politics leadership right. game theory like all of that strategy there's probably some really big douchebag guys that are two weeks in that are lieutenants though huh? oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's unavoidable yeah, yeah but uh Actually, I can I can I'll dovetail this or bring it back into like the the conversation. Um, the military is actually the reason why I even started looking into Bitcoin. Really? Okay. Um, so real quick, uh, I I my my background is yeah. Super yeah I was gonna say, tell us your background. My okay, background yeah. is super super diverse. Um, I'll actually I'll add in what we were talking about after the meetup. Uh, I spent the majority of my life really heavily into video games like mm. i was getting into the pro circuit before mlg mm. was a real thing like all that other stuff that was a lot of fun so like if people want to talk about video games i can well, what kind of games give us a list of taste like tactical shooters like rainbow six vegas was like yeah my, that was like my game um but i also played like the super nerdy stuff like mmorpgs like world of warcraft uh -huh. guild I, wars was mine like my son would probably know a lot more what yeah. you're talking about than I do right yeah now. but uh but anyway like moving on beyond that i went to college for exercise science uh, -huh. uh the reason i even had interest in it was because during that time of my nerdiness and high school and middle school um i was clearly a nerd and kind of regarded as a geek so i was pretty well not accepted in any social circles uh, -huh. uh so and i was extremely skinny like I was six foot, like a buck twenty wet. Oh dang, dude, that's like, skinnier than I was. My, I was really skinny. <laughs> my, too. my, my mom would, uh, uh, she would describe. She told me that as a kid, she would describe me as uh, the the widest part of my legs were my knees. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. And my, my dad, <laughs> I was, I was my, like one forty. I was my, so scrawny. My dad was a power lifter. Oh wow, uh, in high yeah. school, and he's got a bunch of trophies and stuff. So I went to him, and I'm like, hey, can you help me get get bigger and get stronger? So then I just started going in hard on like learning as much as I could about like how I can grow muscle, how skinny, mm. high metabolism individuals grow muscle, like all this other stuff. And then I was just like, you know what? I like this a lot. This is a lot of fun. Mm. It's helping me. I can potentially help other people. So I'll go to college for it. Uh, in the like right as I was wrapping up my junior year, getting prepped for senior year is when deployment came up. Like right. I think it was probably the last like month or two of my junior year. I got the call. Like the calls, like because hey, I was in the National Guard, mm -hmm. I got the call. They're like, "Hey, you're deploying August of seventeen. You're going to Kuwait." I'm like, "You guys couldn't just like put it off for like one more year so I can get the degree mm -hmm. taken care of and not have to like break it up and come back." Um. So as we were preparing for mobilization, I was talking with my mom because she's one of my biggest mentors, and I was like, "Hey." I need to start figuring out like investment theory and how to put like where to put my money so I can start making money and not like become one of those sob stories for a deployment mm -hmm. or a specialist goes on deployment and blows all his money on like marrying a stripper or getting some or buying an eclipse. Yeah. Or buying, eclipse. buying a yeah, ridiculous a... car loan from one of the, yeah. one of the base guys where it's like, Hey, buy a Harley Davidson. It's tax free here. Oh, by yeah. the way, the interest rate is 25%. I grew up in <laughs> like, I, well, I went to high school in a military town. It was next to the Whiteman Air Force Base in Mount Nasser, uh, Missouri. And like, dude, I knew so many guys. You saw so many like 
soldiers, like, well, I guess not soldiers, airmen driving around Mitsubishi eclipses, dude. Mustangs, yeah, Mustangs, Chargers. and freaking eclipses. That was like all of them, dude. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So I digress. My bad. No, you're good. Uh, because like after, I mean, the story's very basically well, kind of wrapped up at that point because throughout the deployment, I mean, of course they they give you they kind of scare you into believing you're going to be super busy at least for mm. me because i wasn't a combat operator i was mm. an aircraft hydraulic specialist which like you kind of have to test a little high on like the asvab to be able to get mm. into like the aviation realms and uh my unit was particularly highly regarded um throughout the country as far as like a really high operation rate and like i mean we during our national guard gets shit on all the time for doing the annual training mm -hmm. during the summer but we would go train with the 160th like mm -hmm. special forces so it's not like not like we were completely useless or anything mm -hmm. even though we were national guard unit and uh so while we were out there we were told we would be looking over 72 aircraft we got there there was two chinooks that were waiting for parts for like months mm -hmm. So we had nothing to do. Just bored. Yeah. Uh. So I just spent all of my days working out two to three hours a day and studying Bitcoin for like four to six hours on average mm -hmm. every day <laughs> while I was on deployment, putting more money into it the more I more I learned about it. And then, of course, a couple months into it is when it did its run up into 20,000 mm -hmm. and then came crashing back down. And I was like, oh, this is... This is different. Yeah, this is yeah. really weird. Um, and then fast forward to the pandemic and we're all locked down and I go on Clubhouse and start just like talking with people about Bitcoin. Like the more Clubhouse grew in popularity, the more people that were interested in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Like it's just kind of like a magnet at that point. That's where I found out about the synergy between Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining and energy. Mm -hmm. That's what blew my mind. I was like the money stuff for Bitcoin is cool. But the relationship between Bitcoin mining and power and energy generation and power distribution and that whole game, I'm like, this is what is going to change society first. And then the money stuff will come mm -hmm. downstream after people realize that Bitcoin does more than just money. Yeah, there's a utility to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you can argue there's a lot of utility. Oh, yeah, Bitcoin, there's a ton. But... I agree. But th that's one that... It's a physical, physically that, right. reflected utility. When people say like Bitcoin's not tangible and you can't touch it, and it's like, no, you can. This is how it's it's literally a tangible you there's a tangible utility for it. Yeah. And yeah, it's the energy infrastructure side of it. But yeah. That's I like I seriously I don't think enough attention hmm. is given to like what Bitcoin is gonna do because like oil and gas are gonna be some of the biggest benefiters mm -hmm. or benefactors immediately mm -hmm. right because like we talk about i know you guys have had conversations with like mario and lisa about specifically um like flare gas mitigation like that just that just that strategy appeases the oil producers mm -hmm. appeases the environmentalists it should the climate catastrophe it should right because mm -hmm. more people need to get their eyes open up to the fact that all this climate catastrophe stuff is nonsense and it's just that mm. right like particularly around the now i'm not saying that like methane getting into the atmosphere is nonsense right there's a difference in saying that it's all like the uh that it's not a propaganda tool i think a lot of it is but we all are very conscientious about the operations that we do well like, well, and gas companies focus on it all the time. I, I've worked yeah, in big operations. Nobody wants to waste methane. You're, it's right. your product. Yeah. Right. You don't want to waste it. Yeah. So it's like this is – nobody nobody wants that. Yeah. So they're constantly looking for ways to achieve uh, – a, a way to economically achieve completely mitigating that that issue. And that is that is where Bitcoin mining well, steps in. It should appease both sides. And it should be very beneficial. Yes. Both. And the crazy the, – the really crazy part is that while I was working – uh, with Great American Mining um, in 2022 mm -hmm. out in the back end basin or back end basin. I always mm -hmm. pronounce it wrong. Um, while we had our our flare mitigation centers out, we you just call them data centers that are mm -hmm. be using for flare mitigation. We're out there consuming the methane, like as far as like from the associated natural gas production, mm -hmm. right? What we were seeing 
what I saw when uh, when I started looking at the data when when I got brought on, I, like my mind was blown because they had it like we had it marked out to where on the chart it was it would show the production of both oil and natural gas yield, and then we had it marked out to what those numbers looked like or were reflected after we were brought on to the operation mm-hmm. to the point of where you see the oil production right up where it was before, but then the associated natural gas yield is down by like anywhere from 50 to 90%. So my mind initially, like immediately was like, okay, so like in these regulated markets like North Dakota or Colorado, which Colorado's regulations are basically communist in my opinion, <laughs> um, where they're like strictly like limiting how much you can flare or vent. Okay, let's play ball. Like let's mm-hmm. bring on flare like digital flare mitigation strategies with data centers. It can be Bitcoin or it can be uh the HPC high processing compute for AI. I mean, I would recommend Bitcoin because whatever company is doing the AI stuff, they can just decide not to mm-hmm. do it anymore and then all of a sudden you're out of a a demand source. Um but you bring these guys on in these regulated markets, okay, we can we have to reduce our emissions by like 92% will consume like 90% of the emissions that are coming out of the ground. And then that opens up a massive opportunity to even like increase your barrel per day production by like 50 to 90% if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you have an additional you're line saying of- through new drilling? Is that what you're saying? No, like or- even like on the operations that are pumping now, mm-hmm. like the like any of the operations that are limited by these regulations, because they're flaring or venting too much. Yeah. Why not bring on these miners? Yeah, not having the not having the gas left to bring up the oil. Yeah, because if the, the if the, the if if the yeah if the flare is the limiting factor. Yeah. On what you're producing from that. Reduce right. the flare so that you can still fl- you could even mm-hmm. flare at the same rate, but you're consuming more of the gas, so you're getting more because like the gas is coming so you because open up of the, the oil more. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. it's like, why wouldn't you? Because then then you're getting an additional line mm-hmm. of revenue through the Bitcoin mining. And you're able of increasing your barrel per day production if that's what is desired. Mm-hmm. Because like, then you have the argument of like, well, do you think that the cost of a barrel of oil is going up? Well, I would argue it is because like demand is now higher than it was in 2019. Yeah, and, and the cost of materials is definitely more. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculously more. And with all the stuff that's going on with renewables, if they really want to try and grow renewable, like penetration as far as like energy generation goes you're gonna need a lot of oil to make those mm-hmm. solar panels and all that other stuff or if you're arguing for like the the revitalization of infrastructure in the u.s for power distribution you're gonna need a boatload of that because the uh the american uh society of civil engineers gave america america's um power infrastructure a rating of c plus in 2021 mm-hmm. so that that's you need oil for all that infrastructure. If you need nuclear, you need oil. Like you yeah. need oil for everything. Demand's only going up. Yeah. No, I think I think we all would agree on that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, especially with what's going on in the Middle East, if there's another crunch coming here pr- before too long. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. Which, yeah. What do you wh- tell us how you got to Gam? Because Gam was, you know, kind of one of the more well-known names in the off-grid mining space, uh, you know, for a while and yeah. fairly early into it. Uh, how did you, how did you get over, like, what was the, how'd that come about? So, um, I think at this point, cause Gam got really well-known thanks to Marty Bent, mm-hmm. right? Like Marty was talking about. Who's, who's like the founding team? Is Marty and who else? There was a bunch of, no, Tom, was it Tom Massey? Tom, was over yeah, there? Tom was there. Um, There's, who else? uh, Brad was over there for. I love Brad Cuddy, man. He's like one of my Brad Cuddy dudes. was. Yeah. He was. He was one of my favorites. Um, I, to be honest, I'm not necessarily sure on mm-hmm. who all the the founding team yeah. was. Um, I know that uh, Tom's awesome. Too, AJ AJ yeah. Scalia and Drew Armstrong yeah, yeah, right. were, yeah. were there at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, they I believe they it's were. It's so funny. That's like it's, it's like the it's dude, like the it's Gam mafia. Group. Like they've all gone off and like done yeah. even bigger things yeah. since then. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. like and now like those guys obviously like Marty Drew um and AJ they have Cathedra mm-hmm. which is a, doing yeah. a, a very similar project. Um, and they're uh, like over there killing it from every Austin from too. what I understand. Austin was over there too. Austin Storms. Storms. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that's and, a good group, man. That's a bunch of cool dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, that's a good group. I, I, but, all those dudes. Drew is honestly one of the smartest dudes in Bitcoin mining. That's what I hear. Like, yeah. We need to get him on here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a sharp dude. He's, he's just cool. You know, he's well, like, they, a, like uh, East Coast hippie. Those three, um, Drew, AJ, and Marty just had a podcast together, mm-hmm. which they were talking about like all the things that they've learned yeah. uh, in the last couple of years. Is it, on, is it on Marty's podcast? Yeah, it's on TFTC. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, I believe I that uh, a lot of that group had kind of like split off, like everybody had kind of like cast to the wind to start doing yeah. their own things. And then that's where I was just brought on to kind of do more of the communications and marketing push mm-hmm. and just like get out in front of cameras and mm-hmm. spaces and individuals and just talk about the utility of flare gas mitigation through Bitcoin mining. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that what led into you writing or were you writing No, already? I was writing well before yeah. that. So wh- how did that get going? Um, so You were just doing it independently, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, going into the pandemic, on top of like the clubhouse thing, I was like, you know what? I need to start putting just like my thoughts down on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause like for years I'd been thinking and saying a bunch of things that ended up coming true years later. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to just like have this out there so I can refer back to it and mm-hmm. see like, oh, you know, I told you so, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, call it vanity or whatever, but I <laughs> wanted to, I wanted to be able to say that I'm like, I'm not a complete idiot. And I wrote a article about uh bitcoin power like bitcoin mm-hmm. is power and funny enough will clemente on mm-hmm. it is either i believe it was will clement uh he had noticed it when i shared it on twitter and he's like hey i know some guys over at bitcoin magazine that might like this if you want to write for him and that's where i got mm-hmm. connected to tyler laroche yeah and and i owe him a call too yeah yeah you brought his <laughs> yeah he texted me like yesterday or the day before and he uh he had hit me up and he asked if I'd be interested in just continuing to like send them things that I write mm-hmm. about. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And then I, I think I put up, I don't know the numbers. Um, I probably put up 30 articles in the first year and then, uh, maybe like the first 18 months. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like got to the point of where Todd Garland at GAM, he was the CEO at that point. Mm-hmm. And he had hit me up. He's like, hey, would you be interested in writing a little bit about us, like at Great American Mining? And they flew me out to check out the operations. And because it wasn't just that I wanted to see the operations. It's like, I want you guys to educate me on how, mm. like, I, I think I understand it conceptually, but I want to know, like, the the specifics, like the technicalities, of, like mm-hmm. filtering the gas and, like, all that. And, like, getting to the point of where it's actually even usable to run through a generator and then like the the game theory and the dynamics of like remotely operating a generator set to make mm-hmm. sure it doesn't go down because the the flow of gas coming out of a well is inconsistent mm-hmm. so yeah. it's just like being able to write about all that and then i have to go back and read that one todd todd likes it's like, but yeah. <laughs> yeah it's tough but um so you so are you still writing for them and by the way i do want to say this Tyler LaRoche and Dylan LeClaire, um, those are two of the smartest little dudes I've ever met. And yeah. um, it the makes future me, is bright for um, the young Are they guys. physically little or are they just younger than you? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not huge guys either, but yeah. but they are. They're, they're not small, though. No, they're not small. They're young. That's they're just on their 50s like you. Right, yeah. right. Like, it was really weird. I was talking to both of them for a while about kind of doing some stuff together potentially. And at the time i'm 42 and they're both 21 and i'm like shit man i'm literally the same age as you two combined that is damn terrible (laughs) and i'm like wanting them to come do stuff with me you know what i mean it's yeah it's kind of when you talk to some of the smart people in this industry um the future is bright number one but it's also it's like where they're at compared to where like I was at at their age is remarkable. Oh, they're, yeah. they're so I was far not doing advanced. anything remotely intelligent. No, they're they're so beyond like where I was. It's ridiculous. I told them that too, but but yeah. Sorry <laughs> to interrupt. Go ahead. My bad. No, like that. I mean, it's been a long, basically just a long diatribe of my background. So no, but it's I like hearing people's different paths to it because. um I think, oh, my fault. I think everybody needs to, 
like understand how you get there because it, it, we live in kind of an echo chamber on Twitter, um, which I've gotten away from completely. Yeah, really. I, I really don't ever log in. Yeah, I, that's I, healthy. I, yeah, it is healthy. Um, but you know, for a long time, it felt like it was just kind of um, the same people with the same story. And and I don't think that there's enough people that are outside of it that can feel like they can relate all the time because it is kind of a closed off group. And so that's why to me, it's important that people that write about stuff kind of, how did you get here? Because people are going to read your stuff. You're in Bitcoin magazine. You know what I mean? That's the, the probably the most popular or, or uh, well-known uh, periodical, even though it's kind of more online, but um, that people would read. Well, my so. it's like my my biggest thing with like like my writing because I also have my own Substack, which for anybody that's interested is like just hear me out. Dot Substack. Dot com. My biggest thing is that, and it's one of one of the pain points with Bitcoin Magazine, where I prefer to have the long form mm-hmm. because the things that I like to talk about are extremely complex. Like how long are we talking? Like. Anywhere from three thousand to seven thousand words. It's long. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's most people do not want to read that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pro, like, and honestly, like, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I get that you want to read just like quick snippets, but the things that I want to talk about are extremely complex. And you need if you're if I'm gonna break things down to a simple, absorbable idea, there has to be a lot of steps in between. Mm-hmm. Like when we're talking about oil and gas production say for example like i wrote a uh i think it was probably it was somewhere between 3000 7000 words i have a series of essays on my substack where i wrote that uh like bitcoin is the solution to the energy problem mm-hmm. and i focus specifically on oil and natural gas like talking about how natural gas hasn't been invested in for the last couple of decades and the iowa law review did this uh this paper back in 2015 suggesting that we needed like 96,000 miles worth of pipes, like mm-hmm. to be able to facilitate all this stuff. And it's like, well, I was gonna say, you're talking about natural gas transportation or yeah. yeah Cause I'll tell you, go look at the Haynesville. There's a shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah. There. But the thing is, is that like, since that time, mm. the amount of natural gas that we export has like, I don't know, five, six X. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's so a lot. Yeah. we might've met that, that like quota as far as like the pipelines but like when we're pushing five six x more product is it Mm -hmm. like is it facilitating it like that was just a question Mm -hmm. i brought up but or like writing about how i have another article about uh how i think the fiat economic system is contributing to the stress problem which is contributing to the testosterone problem in the male population Like I wrote yeah, about that. That's interesting. I'll read that one too. Yeah. Joe Rogan just said, oh, "Who did he talk with about that?" He was talking to somebody about the uh, or no, was maybe it wasn't Joe. Rogan. Maybe it was uh, it was Chris Williamson on uh, on his podcast. He has a lot about, of good ones on the yeah. testosterone. They all look kind of similar, so that, that, that works out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's just yeah. testosterone, like natural testosterone. Oh, it's crazy. It's just what is it? Plumbing. Something like the average twenty-five-year-old has like the testosterone of like a sixty-year-old from yeah. like. 20 years ago, 30 yep. years ago, something like that. It's not mm-hmm. that long. It's, it's all factors that we can control. Oh, yeah. Diet, exercise, lifestyle. Isn't that freaking crazy, though? It's, it's kind of scary. It is nuts. Like, well, and the, and the, and we're like, all getting neutered. Yeah. And, and, and another thing that I've written about is that, like, so on the, on the fitness front, if we want our, like, we're dealing with a public health crisis right now mm-hmm. in the U.S. with, I think, by 2030, it's projected that 70% of the population is going to be at least obese. God. Like something like that. But then like they that. make it seem like if you want to work out and you like try to take care of yourself, that you're some type of freaking <laughs> chauvinist. Fascist. Yeah, like yeah. it's like wait. Oh, what? I mean, it, it, when did that change though? Because it wasn't that long ago. That it was is like, a thing, but also like let's let me play devil's advocate here. Fitness has now become more popular than it's ever been. Yeah. Right. Yes. I, n- yeah. It's a necessity. Right. You know what I mean? But like think about like all the fitness influencers and how like. There is this like I don't know working out kind of. But like, then, well, how's okay, the population so, going to be seventy percent obese then? So they're they're well because well, that's not that out, they, that's not outpacing out, obesity the, is still the outpacing. Issue, yeah. They're there's, both growing, but obesity is growing and our much food faster. Is shit here. Yeah, there's okay. You touched on that because I wanted to bring it up. There's two problems with the whole fitness fitstagram nonsense mm-hmm. that's happening. A, a lot of those individuals are not doing it naturally. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, was it Osmoprec or some? 
No, well, there's Ozempic, which is the, oh, okay. that's, the, the yeah. diabetes drug that people oh, are using. Oh, that's not it. Oh, people is that what they're using like, to Elon lose Musk, weight? Elon Musk was using it to lose mm-hmm. weight, and then I'm like, not a smart move. Um, but like a lot of- I the, saw they were testing it on like six-year-olds. Yeah. No, don't do that. Um, but a lot of the fitness influencers are like juicing with like testosterone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, regardless of what are, whether it's TRT for like the guys that are in their forties and up, it's like, I'm not going to judge you by all means, guys, like take the TRT. But if you're 21, yeah, what are don't. you doing it for? Stop it. Yeah. Um, but the other problem with but the that's, food, but that's, all, that's always been a thing though. Yeah. Since, since like the seventies, right? especially you, you when look at like the muscle mags and, and now everybody's open about it. Like even like Phil Heath, who was like, you know seven time Mr. Olympia and stuff while he was in, wasn't talking about it. Now that he's retired, talks openly about it. And so does everybody else. Right. Well, yeah. And everybody had always known, but yeah. Well, I mean, I mean and, and it, like the, like the, the access to media and social media in particular. Pardon me while I drink just, my energy drink. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like feeding what, the, where I think that becomes criminal in, in my opinion, and then we'll get by the topic, is the liver King. Right. And so you're oh selling, gosh, yeah. you're selling, you're, you're selling, selling ancestral supplements, right? Then you're saying that your entire look is based on that when you, you know, have $11,000 a month, um, you know, performance enhancing. Gosh, is that what you're spending? Yeah. I'm like, it, mostly like, oh, like growth, you should look up growth more, plate, and more plates, and, more dates. Derek did a, a breakdown of like what all he was taking. And it was, just yeah. really but, um, anyway. The, the the food topic is something that I like to really bring up um, with regards to people that are like looking to improve their health and their fitness. There's an issue in the U.S. with regards to the quality of the food that we have. Oh, yeah. Um, whether it's like, say, so I'm going to plug a friend of mine. Uh, I'm sure you guys are probably know of him or heard of him. It's Texas Slim with the beef mm-hmm. initiative. Yeah, like yeah. He's spreading around a lot of good information on like America's sourcing of beef and mm-hmm. the fact that a lot of it's actually coming from Brazil and like the stuff we're producing is being sold elsewhere mm-hmm. because we can get a premium on it. Um, there's also problems with uh, which Texas Slim pointed me to. And I like went down the rabbit hole as far as like the quality of the soil. Mm-hmm. Um industrialized monocropping destroys the quality of the soil to the point of where uh, researchers like David Brown or Gabe Brown and David Montgomery have determined that the soil health in the U.S. is so bad that the produce that's being yielded from that soil has 12.5% the nutrient density as our grandparents fruit did when they were eating it that's crazy which which what for those of you that understand fractions that's one eighth mm-hmm. and that would be like so if you have say if you're a parent and you're trying to get your child to you know be healthier work out more be more active mm-hmm. lose weight they effectively have to eat six to seven times more content in order to actually get the nutrient density that they need to be able right. to grow like Jeez. that, that I mean, that's the conclusion that I make mm-hmm. because I'm just like, because if you think about it, the produce that's being yielded from the soil that includes corn and all this other stuff, and that's being used to feed the livestock mm-hmm. and ethanol. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which you, which you need, and that goes back to oil. Right. And like when the when the soil is in such a poor condition, you need fertilizers for those mm-hmm. crops to grow. Right. Yeah. So I think he's talked about. I'm sorry. This is. Gonna, actually no i'm not sorry i don't care um <laughs> it's gonna go into uh, or talking about some of the soil issues they're not doing kind of the cyclical cropping right like where no. you, yeah you grow corn i mean there year, is you give it there a is, break there's and, some of that right but the, but it's not regenerative agriculture right 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 so and that also ties to some of the solar stuff now texas is not as big as as big of an issue because that is not really cropland out there but it probably used to be Back in the day, um, it's okay, it has it no pull. yeah it has no utilization for that now because yeah. of how shitty it is. But um, you know that that's that's part of what might come. I and not to go conspiracy theory or, or even talk about movies too much, but like Interstellar. Yep, that's basically what happened in that. Right? Was that they couldn't grow any crops? Yields less, yields right. less, yields less, right. and then all of a sudden you could just all you could do is grow corn. Right, and it's like man, just you run into these type of issues and. I, there's a lot of it's something that's been it's it's a systemic issue. It's gone so far and for so many mm-hmm. generations now since like really what fifties, sixties? Well, it, it could actually it goes back farther. Um so like I need to do my due diligence and go back and get the individual's name. But 
for one of my articles in the research, I found that there was a philosopher, I can't remember his name, but there was a philosopher that identified that while everybody looking at the Roman Empire blamed it on the on strictly like the currency clipping, there is an effect that was downstream of that that actually caused the tipping point, in his opinion. Mm-hmm. And that was because like everybody like guys think about the Roman Empire once a day or whatever. Um there was like because like we know we everybody talks about the meme as far as like the the bread and circus is right to placate the population i don't know that meme you don't know that meme (laughs) no so like the the whole kind of meme was that while the roman empire was withering away um they had their armies so stretched out and Mm -hmm. so thinned out that they started like clipping the currency to make the currency go farther you'd take Uh, out a little chunk and then bring it together smelt it together get more get more coins out of that um, in order to kind of placate the population and kind of ignore the issues that were coming out of the currency debasement, they start. They brought back the Colosseum. Mm-hmm. They brought oh, back the Colosseum, yeah. and then they would provide free bread within the Colosseum to not only keep people satiated, but then also satiated by keeping them entertained. Entertain them. Yeah. Pro- problem. It's with, the, it's with the new sphere in Las yeah. Vegas. Yep. Yeah, dude. It's a distraction. Problem. Man. So, so I think it's dope. The, <laughs> the, the, the really crazy problem that came out of that is that in order to supply the bread, they were pushing the farmers to overfarm their land. Mm. And then this particular philosopher identified that like the the sand the 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 ground that they were farming was turned to sand, and then they could no longer produce the bread to keep the population satiated. And then that's what allowed the entire thing to come crashing down. Wow. Now, so let's let's like I get I get in, uh I get uh accused of being a doomer all the time. Mm. Let's talk about like the like this. I I would never say that about you, Mike. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk I about feel this. like we all need a conspiracy theory hat right now. We need a tinfoil hat for all three of us. Well, let's talk about like the solutions real quick because I was thinking about it on the way over here. Like so solution A is going to be oil, regardless of whether you're talking about nuclear or like natural gas for, for power generation and like reliability and stability. You're going to need oil to build the infrastructure to provide the irrigation systems to produce regenerative agriculture like systems or cycles out within the Midwest. Right. Mm-hmm. Like because like one thing with like regenerative ag is that you need not only because like you need to essentially build an ecosystem on your land to where you have a berm with like shrubbery and trees and everything to facilitate the birds that are going to eat the Mm -hmm. pests, the Mm -hmm. the pests are the ones that are eating the crop, right? You need that kind of whole ecosystem to, to satisfy itself or to, to maintain itself. And then the, the benefit of that kind of ecosystem is that you're also making sure that the soil is like nice and dense Mm -hmm. and dark, right? Because that holds a lot more water. Then you don't need to dump as much water onto the crop to maintain it, to get your yield out of it. And then by doing all that, then you have a more nutrient dense, potent yield that's a higher Mm -hmm. quality product, right? Like that's the kind of solution to get back to like building America. That's like a a literal grassroots Mm -hmm. foundational system to start building America back up. But you're not going to do it with a fiat system that doesn't want to like identify or acknowledge these problems. Yeah. Well, and and you know, I don't know. I think that goes to kind of, and I'm not, I'm definitely like a capitalist, but there's a balance of kind of people's morality that I think needs to play in on what you're willing to do. To this make this ties into the, the pharmaceutical industry. I don't know if you've oh, yeah, realized if y'all if were on Netflix, but in the last like two weeks, maybe, maybe a little bit longer, last month, they have dropped three shows or movies vilifying. They're going hard after pharmaceuticals. So I don't know if there's some money Good. behind Netflix yeah. or something. But uh, they went. They did the one with Purdue Pharma. They did this one, Pain Hustlers. And then even the uh, Fall of the House of Usher, the old Edgar Allan Poe story that has been modernized. The the House of Usher was a pharmaceutical family. Well, dude. Right? I, and so. I'm convinced they are like satan incarnate you know what i mean uh i i but that, also go, but that also goes hand in hand with who facilitates it right insurance companies right oh it's you know a big I mean? old so like the here. whole healthcare system is very incestuous and and uh well even calling it a healthcare system is just a lie to the population in general yeah yeah it's a symptom management system like mm-hmm. you're not actually solving the underlying problem we're just going to make sure you feel okay right um, well enough to the point where you keep coming back yeah Exactly, yeah. rent seeking. Yeah. Um, there was there was something else that I also wanted to bring. Oh, have you guys looked? Speaking of just like all of, all of the problems that we've touched on, 
and fascism and let's get into communism a little <laughs> bit real quick. Have you guys looked into the background of like the the kind of green initiative projects? Uh, well, I mean, I've heard about. It. I haven't looked into it, but I is mean, that a, is that a specific project? So there's two macro... Greenpeace, which is the one that mm -hmm. the Bitcoin community knows very well now. Yeah. Um, Greenpeace was founded in the 70s, I believe, in 1971. Which, if you're an individual has visited the website, what the fuck happened in 1971? That should you know ring some mm -hmm. bells, or you understand that the whole Richard Nixon in the say, gold window, the gold um, standard was removed. Uh, a a communist couple founded Greenpeace in 1971. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's another green initiative that was founded in the 90s after the Cold War by Mikhail Gorbachev. So like just looking at these, mm -hmm. like, like the 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 lengths that the environmental like catastrophists have gone to, to the point of using such nonsensical mm -hmm. strategies as throwing oil products that they had to purchase onto oil paintings <laughs> yeah. to try and protest oil while they're wearing products that are produced from oil yeah like that whole just like nonsensical cyclicality and just like ironic relationship there's just more people need to like right. have their eyes opened up to that and i think that the problem the problem we have and why i'm kind of i guess a doom and gloom guy is that <laughs> you reach this point where people are not going to change sides. You know what I mean? They're more concerned about being able to claim that they're right than they are about the truth. Dogmatic. Yeah. yeah. And so you get to a situation where it doesn't matter what the facts are because that is, it's like the ultimate easy way to point out the hypocrisy that people live with, Yeah, but they don't care. And that's because we talked about this on the other one, in my opinion anyway, they don't have enough real problems in their life. You know what I mean? Like they, they things have gotten to a point where um, they're not dealing with a day-to-day -day issue that requires their attention for them to kind of get out of a situation that, that is a truly- Reality hasn't checked them yet. Right. Yeah. And so for, for that to change, it would require something catastrophic to happen. And we're at a scale now to where something that would be catastrophic enough to happen is going to be catastrophic for everybody. Yeah. And so I don't see how it gets better. Like, and well, that's not kinda, to be a doom and gloom, dude. It's just from a, I'm a realist. Well, you think about all the, I think about re recent crisis that we've had. Right. And so you think about obviously COVID and, and the good and bad that's kind of come out of that and how it's pushed us into a, a the world's different mm -hmm. one way or another. Right. Uh, and I think a lot of ways, and it's kind of a good way. Um, but then also you look at like Yuri, right? And particularly locally here in, in Houston, right? I didn't have power for four days at my house. Yeah. You know, and I think it woke a lot of people up to like, oh shit, this stuff is not like, it's not just like- Guaranteed. Yeah, like I was <laughs> right. like flicking lights and it always comes on or I always have heat, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that, um, yeah, you just need- Well, and, like- It's more crisis to, to that. To but even the problem though is even on that scale, that was a regional issue, right? Yeah. As a statewide, well, we're a very conservative state. And so, you know, you kind of have a more uniform thinking. But if you look at us as a country, think about it like this. Biden went over to Israel, right? What, two weeks ago, whatever? Sure. A week ago, whatever it was. I've made it a point to block all activity that with regards to what's going on. Over yeah, there. I, I'm, I'm not taking a position either way because I'm like- I almost feel like you don't. We don't know what's truly going on. Like yeah. the media, you cannot trust a word. You can tell the only thing we know is that the one thing for certain is the only thing war guarantees is, is death. death. Is that innocent, is and, and innocent people are dying. Right, yep. and innocent and, people that don't get to make the decisions about what happens e on either side are the ones that suffer the well, most. Well, you can particularly. It's been a glaringly educative. Series of events the last couple of weeks of how many people truly did not learn from the Ukraine situation. Right. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> it's agree. a whole other can of worms. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, it is. But we're but hitting, I, we're hitting all the the Google SEO like checklist. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's going to be all kinds. Of, we're going to get good listenership on this one. But um, <laughs> but crap. What was I going to say? Hey, damn it. Uh, Biden Israel. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Think back to 9-11, and again, I've got my own feelings about some of that, which have changed over time, but yeah, right? <laughs> Here we go, conspiracy there. Loyal to uh, the foil. <laughs> yes, but um, regardless, the country did come together during that time, yeah. and it felt good. Like, I remember being like, wow, we're all on the same team. Yep. 
if something had for about happened, two weeks, right? Yeah. Well, it, it lasted a little bit longer than that. It, it, you were older than me. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah. yeah, you were like 10, probably. Yeah, right? I was, yeah. Um, I, wasn't I was born like yet. 21, 20, something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> but I remember, like, it, it was it was nice to feel like, wow, like, we're a country. We, you know, we we have differences of opinions, but, like, we, we're all moving into the same direction. Right. Yeah. Say something had happened to Biden over there. There would not have been a uniform reaction no. from a country standpoint, like, and that to me, when I, I think it would have descended into into chaos, chaos. because I feel like he's already a uh, he's senile, he's a oh, puppet, dude, he's right? And so, like, yeah. it, you've already saw with like the Speaker of the House debacle. Like, I think that that yeah. would it would be at a much larger scale. Oh my god, there might be a coup for right. power. Well, and I think just from the population, the, from the constituency of America. Like it, it would be, it'd be chaos there too. Like and br- bring it back to Bitcoin. Uh, then I think that this is why it's the perfect storm now that RFK has announced that he's going independent. Right. That if there's anybody who is ever going to get elected as an independent, it would be him be at him. this moment in time. But he's not going to. Well, that, I mean, I, I wish he, I wish he could. I wish he would. I wish he would. Two party system <laughs> like, I, is I, the main reason that it wouldn't work. It's just right, the, just right. how the two party system works. Because that's fake too. I'm like, I'm gonna really go hard. Like, <laughs> this whole it's thing is simulation. designed to just put you in a camp. They don't give a shit what camp you're in. You know what I mean? They just want you in a camp because you, it's easy to sell. It's easy to read you. It's easy to control you. It's easy to feed you. Drive it, drive emotionality and right, dogmatism. Right. And so they the don't care what side. We're on because they know just from statistically, you're going to break in. If you got two, it's going to be 50 50 for the most part. And the population of the people in the middle who are like, man, this is all bullshit is so small that it almost doesn't matter. And we, like, I can sit here and say, oh, you know, none of this stuff matters. This is all fake. This is all fake. And they can do whatever they want. And me believing that all this is fake actually even plays into their hands. You know what I mean? We're, we're, it's a tough spot, man. It it's is. a tough spot. Well, so. and okay, so like I have effectively taken us down a pretty doomy uh, <laughs> line of conversation. But there's so there's another thing with regards to the whole like Bitcoin and uh, energy and power distribution and infrastructure thing that I also kind of wanted to talk about with you guys uh, to get your thoughts on. I wrote a uh, a paper that is on my website, like right on the homepage is the first thing you see, like if people want to read it. Um, the website is mikehobart.online. It's super easy. Um, but I I wrote a essay talking about how, so one of the problems with energy generation and just power generation, they're technically two different things, right? Cause like energy, it can be heat, energy, radiation, mm. oil, whatever, heat, uh, I said heat, but, um, and then power generation is utilizing energy pr- to produce specifically electricity, right? Um, the interesting thing that I think that everybody in the world should be particularly having their eyes opened up to is when we look at, so uh, one thing that doesn't take a whole lot to like, or like a very big leap for people to grasp is that like you take countries that are underdeveloped, like say somebody in Africa or, you know, Central America or South America that isn't modernized and you bring in modernized energy generation and power distribution strategies, they can leapfrog the whole process that say a country like the U.S. has had to go through for the last two centuries, right? Mm-hmm. You leapfrog it. And then like the the return on investment for that is a it, like a solo model, which would be like what I referred to in the paper, which is S-O-L-O-W. Um, it's a law of diminishing returns curve where you like you jump up and you get like you get really great returns and it starts to mm-hmm. peter off. Right. It's no different than working out like somebody that's new to working out is going to see massive gains early on and then it's going to peter out because you adapt. Um a country is no different. It's going to adapt to the amount of power generation and power distribution that is capable of generating. And then it, like things are going to like become ubiquitous and all, all this other stuff and saturated and everybody's going to get access to reliable power and all mm-hmm. this and, and whatnot. So the interesting thing is that uh, in this paper that I that I wrote about, because I was as I was doing my research, I found out there wasn't there's really no not a whole lot of research out there that talks about the uh, the value that energy in general plays into the GDP of a country. Like, mm-hmm. think about that. When we're mm-hmm. talking about the effectiveness and the economic like penetration and generation mm-hmm. of a country, energy is like 
really just not. Yeah, but it should be because you look at the ones that have highest GDP, they probably are energy producers. Yeah, like like whether Us. yeah Saudi Arabia right all the whether East, <laughs> whether you're whether you're a country or just like a human being, mm-hmm. if you want to grow and succeed, you need energy. Energy is the the mm-hmm. stuff of life. Like yeah, and I have a whole other thing that I could bring up with you guys if you want after this about life and energy. But the fact that energy generation and power distribution isn't even being considered an economic model. So mm-hmm. like we're not even looking at how effective or how reliant we are on energy generation towards the gdp of a country is just completely broken in general yeah like they in the in these researchers or in these research papers which is stern and candor they had one in 2012 and i think one in 2015 or 2016 they were referenced in the paper they even bring up they mention in the research paper like they basically say there isn't shit here Mm. like nobody's looking into it because like when it comes to like bigger countries like jake mentioned Mm. um they're just assuming that yeah. energy generation is reliable and it's saturated mm-hmm. and it's there, which is like you you can't do that because yeah. like especially when you're incorporating the whole renewable thing into the conversation, that's actually making thanks to ERCOT like them having their own system. We're now finding out that like bringing on too much renewable generation actually weakens the entire right. grid, right? Because because it's of not, the reliability issues, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and the 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 reason I brought this up is that like. We need to like we need all of our like state legislators and like our congressmen, mm. our senators, our like the House of Representatives. We need every single individual to get educated on this because if we want the US to avoid a Roman Empire thing, mm. we need energy. Like we need a lot of it. We need right. a, we need like the cheapest power we can get, the most reliable power we can get, because Cheap and reliable power is how you facilitate innovation. Mm-hmm. Like if you're paying for a dollar a kilowatt hour, ain't nobody doing shit. Right. 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 Like you're like you're just doing the ver- the very bare basics mm-hmm. just to get just to get by. And Bitcoin mining facilitates that to like in in every direction. Yeah. Like we talked about oil and gas, nuclear. Nuclear is the perfect pairing for Bitcoin mining. Mm-hmm. When you have something that can like consistently run like perpetual demand that doesn't flu- doesn't have to fluctuate right that is a highly competitive market which is constantly like the the energy consumption of these asics is just down and to the right mm-hmm. like consistently yeah, it's just it straight is. down yeah it's remarkable watching what some of them can do like the jewels on that compared to even three years ago yeah you know what I mean there is um uh I can't remember who shared it on Twitter. But there was somebody had made a chart like detailing like how many joules per terahash, mm-hmm. and it was like when it when it, like ten years ago I think it was like double digit thousands yeah. joules per terahash, and now really? we're down into wow. like twenty twenty yeah like twenty twenty three something like that it's, yeah yeah it's very very low so very like low. and like so like with energy generation like you have this capability of like say for like we're I we have to get new nuclear projects mm-hmm. up and running like as fast as possible like not as fast as possible but as fast as safely possible right, right? and so like and one of the things I like to talk about is like you have a new nuclear project coming on, whether it's like a full reactor, like two gigawatts, or it's like a small modular mm. reactor, which are gonna start deploying in the next like four years from Westinghouse. Um, regardless of whichever one you choose, you can build it with Bitcoin mining, you can build it anywhere. You can build it anywhere, have because like you're right. gonna have to have like cooling towers. So right. you, like, you need to have the water source, right? So you have a spot. It doesn't need to be like really, really close to like any sort of mm-hmm. like population local center, population yeah. center or anything. You just put de- like Bitcoin miners on site with it to provide the demand to allow the nuclear reactor to run at whatever percentage capacity mm-hmm. you want it to run at. Yeah. And then it's earning a revenue and then you can have the infrastructure tied in later and people can build up around it. So to that point, I um, and I've mentioned this on the show before, so I apologize if apologize for anybody who's had to hear this already but um i was in dubai and i'd met with a guy who's a nuclear engineer and um he told me they would be mining bitcoin if bitcoin was worth zero for the reason because of the load capability and exactly bringing it up and down it's the safest way to bring a nuclear facility offline or online it literally is 
the 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 size of the load that it can handle and the speed at which you can do that and kind of control yep. down is second to none. There's yep. nothing like it. So yeah, I think the more people start to understand energy, because honestly, man, like before I got into oil and gas, I'm from Missouri. Like we did not have an oil and gas industry really. Yeah. Um, same with Iowa. Yeah. 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 Nobody talks about that stuff. Like you, you don't even know what to talk about. And yeah. so when you get into it, like when I moved down here and then I started working in oil and gas, it's like, oh, wow. And then when I got into Bitcoin mining, it really expanded on it. But it's such a simple concept when you start understanding how Bitcoin mining works Yep. to, to see the jump towards what it can actually do. Because yeah. what you're talking about is the same thing I talk about like with El Salvador and Africa and all these places where you need reliable power for basic human needs. You know what I mean? That people don't have. We we talk about here, like you're talking about it, to extend the kind of dominance of America, which is good yep. and we're all proponents of. Um, but even in other areas, it's like just to basically allow people to have access to reliable power from whatever source, using small nuclear reactors, SMRs are like that is going to be a game changer to me because yes. you are able to basically go develop areas that number one would not normally ever get it because for multitude of reasons the country might not have the GDP or the economic stability or situation where they could actually go build out apply some of their capital or their GDP to building out grid infrastructure when they don't even have the generation capabilities so it's like that's where SMRs to me too are like this is going to be this will change entire countries. Oh, this this will like this will change the world. Yeah, because I agree. like because like when you when you get to that point mm -hmm. when you have these smaller, lesser capable countries right now like realizing this and starting to execute on yeah. it. Yeah. Then when you have reliable and suppliable power, you allow for the cost of the cost of living to come down, the standard of living to go up. Mm -hmm. Right, which is. With the amount of people that are virtue signaling about caring about everybody across know, the planet, yeah. that should be something you care right, about. Right. And then there's also there's also a conversation point of like, so I Great American Mining, like I was I was pretty heavily black pilled as far as mm. like for for oil, like in that yeah. that sense of black pilled. I was like, oh yeah, all oil, like all this. And then since then, since they got acquired by Crusoe and I got cut free, um, I've been kind of just like looking at just energy generation. Mm -hmm. broader yeah like we just need energy generation right but so like there and we've been we've been you know crapping on renewables there's a there's also a thing where renewables need bitcoin mining too yes absolutely because like they're like their problem with regards to wind or solar is like the whole duckbill problem right mm -hmm. like like they they produce they tend to produce peak uh power outside of the peak demand window Mm -hmm. So that means that they're almost constantly curtailing. Yeah. Right. Because like the economics don't work out. So the projects that are up and running now that aren't that aren't completely like dilapidated, throw Bitcoin miners on there, provide the demand, allow the project to earn revenue and keep running. Right. Then the like if the grid needs the power that you're generating, you send it down. Then curtail and redirect the flow of right. electrons. Yeah. I mean it's it's the simple concept that we talk about all the time and it's it's inevitable because it is simple and it is real um but you know it's until it's widely known within those groups um that this is not only an acceptable route to go but a functional and a great utility for them to utilize to extend the life of projects I've talked about with oil and gas wells as well. I mean, you literally can extend the life, the economic life of a well yep. through Bitcoin mining. Yep. Um, you can make wells that normally wouldn't have been economic economic through Bitcoin mining. Um, same with these wind and solar projects. I, I have talked to multiple um, wind groups in particular that have old kind of dilapidated facilities that like they're on the verge of shutting down where it's like, well, you could extend the life of this by another four or five years by... Yep, G going to a miner and utilizing what you have left to um, sell electricity to them, and then curtail. Same reason, same uh, scenario you just laid out, and they're starting to understand it. But it's like it's almost this two way street where they got to know that Bitcoin's real, and they got to <laughs> know that that um, this how this works. And 
I, I have noticed over the last year in particular groups that I was talking to back in 2020 um, about this are now circling back to me now and wanting to talk about opportunities. And yeah. so- um, Which is awesome. W- right, right. It, and it shows the education of it. And in fact, I was talking to another guy who um, he invested, at, and not NJ, he bought some containers from us back in the day. Um, and he's, you know, kind of finance guy, investor, institutional type investor. And I had a talk with him the other day just to catch up. And he brought up, I asked him specifically, like, how are people viewing in the institutional world that you come from? He's out in, you know, West coast area. Um, what, what is it like now compared to three years ago when we first started talking to you? And he's, he's like, it's completely, completely different. Like everybody, the the conversation is not around the viability or legitimacy of Bitcoin anymore. It's around the projects and what's the right project, what's the right timing, things like that. Shopping. Right, right. It's not any longer, eh, is this bullshit? You know yeah. what I mean? It's, okay, let's talk about what project we pick out of, out yes. of these lists. So That's awesome. That, it's wonderful <laughs> to hear because... And it also, I think that's what over time will lead to less volatility. That and market cap size. Like I think just yeah. naturally when the market cap continues to grow, you obviously you're still going to have booms and busts. Um, it's a commodity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a commodity. But you're, I think you're going to see the reduction in the swings that you have. You know what I mean? Where more you, more of like a, like a slow build kind of trend. Right. Yeah. Right. And because like oil and gas is not as volatile as it was you know, 10 years ago, okay. eight years ago. Um, that's not something I would know. So that, right. that's good to know. Yeah. Like you, you're still going to have these booms and busts. You're just going to, but I think they get reduced over time. Um, demand is growing. And so it's yeah. like, it's going to be harder to have just these vast long-term debt, like down at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> and plus you got companies that can hedge, right? And so mm-hmm. they're not going to just completely leave the market. I've been surprised at how many miners have continued to grow the hash rate despite Dude, the mining economics. That's been something that has been crazy. I I am like I've been saying it for a couple of years now. I'm like you look at that hash rate chart and I'm very confident that there are I mean there's obviously going to be private mm-hmm. participants but yeah. I'm growing more and more confident that while I've been mm-hmm. I've been more correct than I thought that there have been countries privately secretly Oh yeah, using Bitcoin mining to facilitate their infrastructure. I, I agree. I think that's where a lot of it's coming from. It has to because, like, the, I I wrote an article for Simply Bitcoin um earlier this year, like back in like January. Like there was a there was a like a meaningful little dip in mm-hmm. the the hash rate. I think it was like ten mm-hmm. percent or something, yeah. and then it bounced back up right. really quickly. I that amount that. that it corrected for was equal to a two gigawatt nuclear reactor just mining Bitcoin. Jeez. Like that's, that's that's a lot of power. That's a lot. That is a lot. And don't get me wrong. Oil and gas is still volatile. It always will be. But I'm just saying, because I mean, what, three, three years ago we were, yeah. Oh, three and a half, I guess we were, um, we hit negative prices. So like, yeah, it it does happen. Well, and that gas hit like what, like six bucks or something at one point and then crashed back down to two. Went up to like nine. Yeah. Yeah. It was was crazy. (laughs) Um, that, that was, yeah, that. It was funny because I, I had left oil and gas. Well, I didn't really leave it, but I was working at Jay, and it's like, man, $9 natural gas sucks. <laughs> but, like, man, the whole time I was working oil and gas, like, oh, gosh, what I would give to have $9 uh, natural gas. But, well, look, dude, I'm glad you came on. I'm glad we got you on here yeah, finally. This, and, this is a uh, fun little riff. Yeah, man, it's fun. It's a good time, and I enjoy it. I like having, you know, I'm sure that jake probably was like man these guys are getting deep on this freaking <laughs> Going all over crazy conspiracies but i don't know man conspiracy are there's there's a reason they're there so yeah. I can, we'll have to turn the camera off and we talk about some more of these but yeah dude thanks for uh showing up and thanks for inviting me we'll uh when you stay in touch and what what are your plans what are you doing next would you keep riding are you i'm gonna keep looking writing to get for sure. in back in the industry in some capacity what yeah i did like i I definitely aggressively want to get back in the industry. Um, one thing that 
I'll tell you and I'll mm. tell anybody that's trying to get into like the like any Bitcoin industry, whether it's like helping a company build an app mm. or uh getting into Bitcoin mining, like you definitely wanna if you're gonna get into this, like you need to really put in as much effort as you can to contribute to the survivability and, right. the, and the track record of your of your company or your project. Cause if that if that employment opportunity goes away, it's gonna taint you having to go back into like the fiat job yeah. market. Cause like, oh, man. you look you start to reassess everything. Yeah. It's like, nope, this is a scam. This is a scam. Like this product is completely bunk. Like this yeah. is like you, you just you you judge the world in a completely different way. Once manner. you put on the glasses, man, you can't take them yeah. off. This is the reality. But so. I'm also I'm also working on um a uh producing a book. Oh nice. Um specifically to argue like the value that like Bitcoin provides to a society. Mm. Um cuz I'm sure you and the listeners have probably determined I like looking at very complicated mm. systems and relationships and uh, in this book, I'm looking to compare looking at complex adaptive systems and then looking at a body in a country mm. and how they're very much the the very same operation and relationship. Yeah. Like a body needs ATP that is an unmanipulatable high energy like density source of power for like all the cells in your body to like to work together as an economy. Mm. Country is no different. Yeah. Like if you and you like when you put in an energy input into a country that isn't true, like a fiat dollar, inflammation and complications start to build up all throughout the system, like cancers. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And that's and that's that. a problem. Right. That, that's interesting, man. When's that going to be ready? You think? Ooh, um, I've got a like a an initial draft mm -hmm. of the manuscript now. Um, but like with all the different projects, I'm working on trying to help as many Bitcoin mm -hmm. companies as I can. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully I can get it all edited and um, pushed off to like an actual like professional editor friend mm -hmm. of mine to look at in the next couple of weeks. Nice. Yeah, um, that'll be interesting. Yeah. 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 I'll have to, let me get an early copy, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> well, thanks, dude. I'm glad you showed up. I'm glad we could work it out. But yeah. Yeah. Anytime. We'll do it again. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to you guys hosting meetups in here in Houston. Yes. No. Often. That. Yeah. Actually, yeah. We're hosting meetups here at uh, the studio. Well, not at the studio, but in the building. Um, last Thursday of the month. Yep. So thanks a lot, looking man. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to the next one. All right, man. <laughs> Thank you. Later, y'all.